Andrew, hi, thank you. My pleasure. Here. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, so we're both watching this together and uh, trying to get, trying to hear what the jury is saying. We apologize to our audience. This is not something that we can air to you live. Uh, otherwise, we would be. Uh, but we're going to try to, we're going to bring it to you just as soon as we know. And can you, what, what are we hearing? I'm going to ask my producers. Well, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's put the audio up and listen together. Okay. All right, members of the jury, have you uh, elected a four-person? Would you uh, uh, give your juror number, please? 54. 54. And uh, has the jury reached a verdict as to each count of the information? Yes, we have, Your Honor. One verdict and one verdict only? Yes. Would you hand all of the paperwork to the bailiff, please? This is the ones that we didn't know. Uh, Everything. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, see that too, please, uh, Mrs. Oh, Chairman. Thank you. face the jury and hearken to its verdicts. State of Wisconsin versus Kyle Rittenhouse. As to the first count of the information, Joseph Rosenbaum, we the jury find the defendant Kyle H. Rittenhouse not guilty. As to the second count of the information, Richard McGinnis, we the jury find the defendant Kyle H. Rittenhouse not guilty. As to the third count of the information, unknown male, we, the jury, find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the fourth count of the information, Anthony Huber, we, the jury, find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the fifth count of the information, Gage Grosskreutz, we, the jury, find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. Wow. Members of the jury, are these your unanimous verdicts? Is there anyone who does not agree with the verdicts as read? No. All right. Uh, would you wish the jury pulled? No. Okay. Uh, okay, folks, your uh, job is done, and uh, we started just about three weeks ago. And wow. I, okay. Uh, the judge now is going to dismiss the jury. Stunning, stunning, Andrew. After all this time, the jury, I say, and I think you agree, they got it right. The only just outcome, the only outcome consistent with the evidence in the law in this case, it was never a close call if we got a fair and impartial jury who applied the law as instructed to the actual evidence in this case. This oh. was a the prosecution alone was a oh, horrific Andrew, miscarriage to, of justice just to, to interrupt put this poor you, kid through this process. Forgive me for interrupting nothing. you. Um, the, Kyle Redhouse just fell to his knees in tears. He's on his knees. His lawyer's talking to him. He's shaking. It's uh, it's upsetting to watch. I you know it's like I I feel like the media is just so awful, Andrew. They've been so disgusting from the beginning, and you can feel what this boy is feeling. Uh, this young man, his mother's in tears behind him. You, we forget people's humanity in the press. We just want to 
kill them. We want to go for the jugular. We want everyone to pay. And in this case, we wanted him to pay because he was a Trump supporter and he was a Second Amendment supporter and he wasn't on the side of the BLM rioters. And they and the media and the president and the governor put this kid through hell, through hell. And this is the only just verdict. Back to you. They had nothing. They had nothing close to a conviction on this case. And they threatened this kid with life in prison, an 18 year old kid with life in prison, no possibility of early release. And they had no evidence that was close to disproving self-defense. It's despicable. And don't even I mean, and the machinations that the, the prosecution went through to try to build a case out of nothing to put this kid in jail for the rest of his life. It's contemptible. That's the thing people need to remember. This is not a case that was close. We, we all started to wonder, right, because they took so long. The jurors took so long. But this was not a close case. This is a case that never should have been brought. The videotapes showed the story. You you just had to believe your own eyes and ears and not the liars in the press and the politicians trying to get elected off of racial division. Right. That, because this was based on his presence there that night was was based on on the shooting of Jacob Blake, who was a black man by a white cop, which was le- ruled legally justified, including by this sitting president's DOJ. Uh, but it was all there, black and white. The charges never should have been brought. This wasn't a close case. No, no, not even close. There was literally zero evidence inconsistent with self-defense in this case. The state's own witnesses testimony was consistent with lawful self-defense for every one of these criminal counts. I, no one's going to do any soul-searching. The, the media won't stop. They're probably go, trying to hunt down the jurors again right now, although it's different once the, once the trial's over than during the course of the trial. Um, and the judge has to worry. Kyle Rittenhouse still has to worry for his safety because, because of all the irresponsible coverage. They've all received serious death threats. Well, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, you know, the left is violent, right? The whole premise of these events was because they were burning down the city of Kenosha over the false narrative around Jacob Blake in the first place. Um, now, now I guess we see what they do. I mean, there's 500 National Guard standing outside the town, I suppose. Are they going to burn Kenosha down again because they're angry about this just verdict? I, 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 I fear for the town of Kenosha. And it's not a big town, folks. It's a small town in America. Mm-hmm. And I fear for this judge and for Kyle uh, and the defense attorneys, you know, the judge and the defense attorneys were literally just doing their jobs. That's, this is how our system works. And the system is stacked against a defendant, white or black. Folks, the system stacked against the defendant. When you go into that courthouse with the weight of the state coming down against you, the prosecutor comes in there with an air of authority that's very hard to pierce. Um, and that's why due process is so important and adherence to the rules is so important. And the prosecutors have a higher calling and an ex- expectation to pursue justice and not just a conviction because they have so much power. Um, and so for them to now be demonized, I mean, there was a there was a piece Oh, gosh, I think it was Charles Blow uh, writing in, in the New York Times saying something like this judge made rulings as though Kyle Rittenhouse was his grandson that he had to look at. Nonsense. Nonsense. There was prosecutorial misconduct for which they were rightly called out. Absolutely. And by the way, this judge did not make particularly favorable rulings for this defendant. There were, all those motions for mistrials with prejudice should have been granted on the merits. The judge put off making those decisions in the hope that there would be an acquittal and he wouldn't have to make the call. And it looks like he got his wish. Uh, thank God it's he got we got the acquittals and he got his wish. But this was not a judge that was eager to make decisions in favor of this defendant.
And he's notoriously especially protective of defendants' rights. Long before he ever heard the name Kyle Rittenhouse, he has a reputation for bending over backwards to protect the defendants who are in his courtroom, as it should be. What what do you want, a judge? I mean, even people who are more prosecution-oriented in general, like I am, do I want a judge who's more prosecution-oriented? Absolutely not. The system's already stacked in favor of the prosecutor. It shouldn't be stacked the other way. And and I agree with you. He he doesn't seem to particularly like Mr. Binger, but you could understand why Mr. Binger had done some several irresponsible things. And so the judge got angry with him a few times, but then came out before the trial was over and defended all the lawyers involved in the case. Well, you know, he has to work with all these people again, right? You want to maintain a, I guess, looking forward, a, a professional relationship with all these people. But frankly, there's no question in my mind, Binger should have been sanctioned if for no other reason than referencing Kyle having asserted his Fifth Amendment, right? And mentioning it in front of the jury, which folks, for those of you who are not lawyers, you just do not do that. That does not happen. That right is sacrosanct, and you cannot have that right to remain silent, used against you in a court of law, period. It may not even be mentioned. And a career prosecutor knows this. That was no mistake. That was intentional. Exactly right. Try And also trying to bring in evidence that he knew he was banned from bringing in. The court had said, I'm inclined to disallow that. Don't go near that without asking me. And he jumped into it with both feet, trying to suggest prior, or that Kyle had a prior incident with a gun that had been ruled, well, had been suggested that it was going to be ruled inadmissible. Um, so the prejudice that was stacking up against Kyle Rittenhouse from the beginning was enormous. And that's not even discussing things like the video, the, the, the jurors being videotaped, the MSNBC reporter following the jurors when the they knew they had no business to doing that. And, and that's been ruled misconduct in the past. Um, the intimidation of the jurors with the protesters on the courthouse steps on and on it goes. And I have to say, this jury was very brave. I think so. I mean, they were obviously facing tremendous pressure, certainly media pressure, social pressure. Um, there's no there's no social win for them by voting for acquittal. It could only be negative because the right doesn't attack people for simply de delivering a verdict in court. That's what the left does. So the only threat was from the left and they they hung in there. I guess I presume we're going to find out there was one um, one juror probably hanging out. That's why we're in our fourth day of deliberations. I presume that's the juror who wanted to take the jury instructions home yesterday. I think what must have happened is they were the only holdout. The other jurors said, listen, do you do whatever you need to do, but we're not voting guilty on any of these mm -hmm. charges. So take the jury instructions home, think, sleep on it. If you need to come back here tomorrow, if you can't also vote for acquittal, we're a hung jury because we're not going into the Thanksgiving week in this courtroom. Mm -hmm. It seems like there had to be a holdout for it to take this long, right? This many hours, this many days. Um, it, it just It's hard to believe that for, for each one of those hours, they were going over each case, each shooting, Rosenbaum, Grosskreutz, Huber, and Jump Kick Man, who wasn't shot but shot at. That wouldn't have taken this long. I mean, I can't think of a world in which that would have taken this long. So somebody seems to have been a holdout. Again, speculative. We'll find out if one of the jurors decides to speak. And we're told that they, they are allowed to if they now so choose. And the normal way it works, I looked it up actually in Wisconsin at some point, And it was, I believe, um, you're supposed to, as counsel, submit your request to the court. And the court will then let the jury know. Of course, hey, guess what? The media wants to speak with you. And then it's up to the jurors whether they want to do that or not. Um, 
And listen, they may not want to. You know, they may not want to, Bronca, given and I'm calling you Bronca now, um, <laughs> given given the way, you know, the number of threats that have already been leveled in this case. I think most of the jurors will not want to. I expect if we're right and in thinking there was one holdout, uh, I suspect it was the jury four person, uh, juror number 54. Uh, but I suspect whoever that one holdout is will want to talk because what tends to happen in these situations is, um, you know, they're. Their social circle would have been against acquittal. They voted for acquittal anyway. Obviously, it has to be a unanimous decision, this acquittal. Now they have to go back to their social environment and kind of explain it away. And what we typically see happen is they'll come up with excuses. They'll say, if only I had known this evidence that wasn't admitted, or if only I had known that I would have voted. I was misled somehow by the court process. So they can take the heat off themselves for having voted for acquittal within their social circle and place it someplace else. Mm -hmm. And to do that, they want to explain how it was that this, what they'll characterize afterwards as a mistake, happened. Uh, but that's fine. I don't care about any of that. I don't, the see, I don't think is they have rock it here. Solid. Um, Kyle Rittenhouse is free of any claim of criminal liability in this case. Uh, and that's the outcome that we, we, I expected, I hoped for, I had hoped for it the first day. Um, Frankly, I thought the defense in their closing argument should have made clear to the jurors that, listen, you have 36 pages of jury instructions. You have to decide how to use them. But we encourage you to start with self-defense first, because if you find self-defense, nothing else matters and you can be home in time for lunch. Well, what a critical ruling that was, Andrew, where, where the defense did get the judge to rule that if the to, to instruct the jury, if you find he shot, you know, Rosenbaum, Rosekreutz, Huber in self-defense, you, you can stop. You need not consider the lesser included charges. Like if he's if it was self-defense on intentional murder, it was self-defense on every lesser charge underneath intentional murder. Your job is done. And that was big. Well, it's for each count. So for each person, yeah. you'd have to find self-defense separately. Each person yeah. had lesser included. So if you yeah. found self-defense for each count at any level, then all the rest went away. But they did have to find self-defense five times. Uh, and they did. When you when they were going down the list and they, you know, by the time they got to Gage Grosskreutz, you knew it was going to be another not guilty because like that one was such a slam dunk. Right. If they had found him guilty on that, it just would have been such a stunner. So it became kind of clear. And Kyle Rittenhouse, you could see, my gosh, his reaction. In fact, we have it. We have it teed up again uh, for our listening audience. Here it is. And for our viewing audience, you can see it again on YouTube.com slash Megyn Kelly when we post it later. Watch. Kyle Rittenhouse. That's the first count of the Anthony Huber. We, the jury, find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the fifth count of the information, Gage Grosskreutz, we, the jury, find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. Members of the jury, are these your unanimous verdicts? Is there anyone who does not agree with the verdicts as read? Would you wish the jury pulled? Him falling to his yeah. knees is such a moment. Grabbing, is, he's grabbing for the listening audience his tie, his chest, almost as if he, you know, it feels constricted. And it, gosh, that's the most human moment, right? Just the 
you could feel his relief and the stress. And I'm sure he does have PTSD, as his lawyers suggested. How, how could you not? I mean, even if you weren't prosecuted, the, the mere fact that you survived those brutal, vicious, serial, murderous attacks on you and somehow survived, that alone would give you PTSD. Then to have the state bring its entire power upon you to try to lock you in a cage for the rest of your life, no possibility of early release. He was, he was abused both times. He was abused by his attackers, his physical attackers, and then he was abused by this prosecution. Now already we're getting some media reaction. It's exactly what you would expect. Um, you've got uh, Bakari Sellers, CNN, uh, tweets out, look, black folk, don't y'all even think about trying what Kyle did. I know most of us know this, but for some young ones, a clear implication that black, a black man would never have been found not guilty. Ellie Mistel uh, of, uh, I think it's The Nation, just tweeted out, quote, told you so, told you so. He's been on MSNBC railing about this case and trying to make it about race from the beginning. And then here's good old Joy Reid. Um, we knew, but it's sometimes helpful to remind ourselves how America was designed to work. It continues to work as designed. We have learned again what is considered legal for some people, in quote, some people to do in America. It's helpful to know where you stand in your country. Be safe out there. She talks about this as though the three men he shot were black and that this was about, you know, what a white man can get away with doing to a black man. It had nothing it had nothing to do with race, this particular shooting. It was about whether he was under a reasonable belief that his own life or great bodily harm uh, were in jeopardy. That right, that that's, yep. that's what the case is about. For this specific case, and by the way, more generally, in my professional experience, the people who benefit disproportionately from self-defense law, from the privilege to use force in self-defense, tend to be young black males who are growing up, living in violent environments, find they have to defend themselves, and then justify their use of defensive force in court. So these are not laws against black people. These are laws that help any law-abiding person who's compelled to defend themselves or their family against criminal predation. Mm hmm. You can make the case that Kyle Rittenhouse never should have been there that night. OK, I get that case. I mean, that could be debated for quite some time as a society and people are free to do it. But legally, legally, what was at stake in this case was what are your rights to self-defense when you show up in a dangerous situation and it gets even more dangerous? Right. I mean, that's really what happened. He showed that's up right. at a dangerous place. We knew it was going to be dangerous. That's why he brought the AR-15, just in case. And then it got even more dangerous than he had ever imagined. And we saw it all. You don't have to imagine. You don't have to take Kyle Rittenhouse's word for it or the words of all white witnesses. You can just look at the videotape for yourself. Just watch. It, it plays out. They slow mode it. You could see it frame by frame that this kid had a gun pointed in his face by Gage Grosskreutz, that Huber was attacking him, beating him down with a skateboard, which, by the way, have been used to kill other people in the past in other attacks. Um, jump kick man. It's caught on tape. A long career criminal. Now we know. It comes out. And and the original the original man shot Rosenbaum, who I mean, his crimes are disgusting and, and very well known at this point. He wasn't well. I actually saw a report. It was on a Fox station, Andrew, recently um, about how the, the defense ought to be called out for mentioning that Rosenbaum was, quote, crazy and that, you know, he had bipolar disorder and that this was somehow a demonization of his mental health problems. Are they kidding? 
they kidding? I mean, this is the same people who mocked, you know, the press, Kyle Rittenhouse's tears. Yes, I mean, I, I saw tweets along those effects that it shouldn't have been mentioned that, uh, you know, Rosenbaum's mental illness and his child rape convictions were irrelevant to what he did to Kyle Rittenhouse. And I don't understand how people think that way. I mean, from a lawyer's perspective, I can see the arguments for excluding that evidence, like the judge actually excluded it until the door was opened up by the state's own witness. Um, but are we really saying that somebody's mental illness and child rape proclivities have nothing, whatever, no connection at all to them then chasing down a child in a dark parking lot and attacking them? I don't think that's that much of a stretch. And by the way, for people who say Kyle shouldn't have been there, it was poor judgment. I agree. If I had a 17-year-old son who wanted to go to a riot with an AR for whatever reason, provide medical care, I'd say no way is that happening. That is that is just only bad things can result from that as actually happened here. But at the same time, just a couple of weeks ago, we had a news story about a woman who was raped on a subway car in front of witnesses and nobody did anything to help her. So are we going to be a society where we're going to say, hey, anytime something bad has happened, I'm not intervening. It's none of my business. Is that the kind of society we really want to live in? Or do we want people to be willing to help? Yeah, I saw it. I saw it too. Uh, there was that one video where, um, another separate video in New York where a woman was confronted by a, a very angry man. She was white, he was black, and uh, he wound up punching her in the face and had sort of, he'd been getting all over her, up in her grill and right. he punched her right in the face and, and no one stepped in to help her there either. And, and then and everybody appeared, says, well, why didn't anybody do anything? Well, you know why they didn't do anything? Because of Kyle Rittenhouse, because of George Zimmerman, because of well-intentioned people trying to do the right thing and then finding themselves getting prosecuted for murder as a consequence. Yeah. I, in that in that latter video, it appeared this it looked like her boyfriend or so, a partner was standing right next to her, a guy, and did nothing. It, it caused me to say to my own husband, I said, what what would you have done? Because the, the assailant clearly seemed extremely angry and not really all that well. And uh, he said, I would have been between you and that guy long before he threw the first punch. You know, I mean, that's the situation we're in. Like you, you get in these places where you have no choice but to defend yourself or thank God, you know, hopefully if you have somebody with you to help you defend yourself. But if when it's just you and that's the situation he was in, it's just you and they've got their hand on your gun and people are now like, well, they had the strap. So he's supposed to risk his own life on the strength of that strap while he's got this crazed guy running, lunging at him, yelling, fuck you, who's already threatened his life not long earlier in the evening. Sure. Right. Sure. It's just so unrealistic. We're going to squeeze in a quick break. Um, I'll give you the last word, Andrew, that the way people should be thinking about this as the media assaults them with a different narrative today. These were the only verdicts consistent with the evidence, the law and justice in this case. Thank you for your amazing coverage. I'm sure we're not done. Uh, I appreciate it.